Well, good morning. Thank you. Um, well, I'm not sure how much longer I'm gonna be introducing myself, but my name is Gracie and I'm one of the new pastors here at Treach and I'm really excited to be in worship with you guys this morning and closing out our weird series. I know I'm gonna miss some weird things happening at the beginning of sermon series because that's all I know here at Treach. Um, but really excited to be closing out this series uh, on weird passages from the Bible, weird stories, things that strike us as weird, but they're in the Bible. So we think we need to talk about them and see how they are indeed relevant to our lives. So like I said, I'm new and I'm still kind of getting acclimated to the commute and different ways to get out here to Flower Mound. And um, on, actually on my first Sunday, I'm I'm gonna admit, I still do use Google Maps um, to get here sometimes um, because I'm a product of the d digital age, so I still rely heavily on my Google Maps. And um, on my first Sunday here, I was on my way and it was taking me on a new route that I hadn't been on before, but um, she, that little voice, she'll pop in, interrupt the podcast and let me know when an exit's coming up or when I need to stay left, stay right. And um, as I'm driving along, I just kind of fall into autopilot listening to my podcast and I end up missing the, turn, the exit for 35, which was kind of an important one. And, and so I, it's because I had fallen into autopilot. I just completely missed the turn. And I know that other people in here have definitely gotten, mi missed their exits, missed their turns because they've been listening to that really good song or the podcast, that true crime podcast just got really good. Um, and we've just fallen into autopilot and I realized that, you know, I think that happens on a bigger scale, that a lot of the times in our lives we set goals, intentions, destinations, and somewhere along the way, we lose our focus, we fall into autopilot, and we get distracted. Like maybe we've set the goal to be financially secure for whoever is in our family and we, we wanna make sure that they're taken care of. So we, um, we throw ourselves into our work, we put in extra hours, we get promoted, everything's going great, except that now that's pretty much all you think about is work. And even when you're at home, that's where your mind is. Or, with, we want our kids to be happy. We set that goal of, I want them to find their passion. I want them to be excited and, and have a happy childhood. So we sign them up for soccer and, and their music lessons and art classes and after school stuff. And then before you know it, their schedules are packed and you're hardly getting to spend time all together. Or maybe even in your relationship with God, you're seeking a deeper relationship to grow in your relationship with God. And so you come to worship on Sundays and you find your Bible study that you like, your Sunday school class or life group, and you're really enjoying it. But then all of a sudden it starts to become more of something to check off the list for God. 
instead of fulfilling that goal that you had set. Sometimes we lose sight of our best intentions. We fall into autopilot and become unaware of what's happening right in front of us, which makes me think of this passage in Numbers that we're talking about today. And so just a little background is that Numbers is a book, it's in the Old Testament, and it's kind of, it's a continuation of the story of Exodus, of what happens in Exodus. So Israel, they're out of Egypt, they're on their way to the promised land. And in order to get to the promised land, they have to go through a couple of other nations and cities and peoples that have been long established in this in the land and a lot of the leaders of these cities are just not super excited about a whole nation coming through and so one such king uh, of uh, one of the one of the lands Moab the king of Moab his name is Balak and he was very, he's not keen on Israel coming on through, marching their way in. So his plan was to talk to Balaam. Balaam is another Canaanite, another non-Israelite. So we don't actually see any Israelites in this story. Um, And Balaam is a diviner, what they called a diviner. He was somebody that they believed had a special connection to the divine. And so Balak says to Balaam, hey, Balaam, if you could just curse Israel, that would be great. And Balaam says, talks to God, talks to the God of Israel, and he says, and you know what, Balak, I would, well, actually, I don't know if I would if I could, but I can't, because you see, Israel is blessed by Yahweh, and you just can't curse them. So Balak says, I don't like that answer. So (laughs) as many, you know, leaders sometimes just don't want to take no for the answer. And so Balaam talks to God and God allows, says, you know what, go ahead and go talk to Balak in person so you can settle this. And so that's, that's where we'll pick up in our scripture, starting in verse 22 of chapter 22. It says that then God became angry because Balaam went. So while he was riding on his donkey, accompanied by his two servants, the Lord's messenger stood in the road as his adversary. The donkey saw the Lord's messenger standing in the road with his sword drawn in his hand. So the donkey turned from the road and went into the field. Balaam struck the donkey in order to return him to the road. Then the Lord's messenger stood in the narrow path between vineyards with a stone wall on each side. When the donkey saw the Lord's messenger again, it leaned against the wall and squeezed Balaam's foot against the wall so that Balaam then continued to beat it. The Lord's messenger persisted and crossed over and stood in a narrow place where it wasn't possible to turn right or left. The donkey saw the Lord's messenger and lay down underneath Balaam. So Balaam became angry and beat the donkey with the rod. 
Back at the very beginning of that scripture, it says that God was angry with Balaam because he went, which is confusing because immediately before, God had actually granted permission for Balaam to go. So it's very confusing. And we won't find out till later in the scripture why God is angry, but the fact that God literally sends a quote unquote adversary in Balaam's way with, oh, a sword drawn, um, should communicate to Balaam that God is not happy with Balaam in one way or another. And he's trying to communicate that to Balaam. But hold that with the fact that Balaam doesn't notice three times this adversary with a sword drawn. And so maybe that tells us something a little bit about Balaam that maybe something about his attention skills or observation skills, um, or maybe the fact that he was thinking about something else that he was on autopilot. However, Balaam's donkey does see the angel, not once, but all three times, and tries to communicate that to Balaam, like, hey, um, there's something in the road, but as a donkey, his way of communicating was to go off the field, was to scrape his legs, to lay down underneath. And he's trying to communicate this to Balaam, and instead of Balaam thinking, hmm, wonder why this donkey is acting this way, he just beats it and is angry at the donkey. And that kind of reminds me of maybe when the dashboard lights start popping up. Maybe I'm not the only one. I'm sure I'm the only one who sometimes ignores those dashboard lights when all of a sudden then, a few weeks later, my car won't start and or the tire is flat and the, or the oil is leaking and I think, this stupid piece of junk, and I kick the tires, get angry, even though that warning sign was there for me all along, literally right in front of me. I think that's why they design it that way, for you to not miss it. But still, we choose to ignore it and then get angry at the car or the donkey. It's like when maybe your spouse gets frustrated at you for you're always at work or you're not making enough time for family. Or it's when your kids start complaining about practicing their piano or their instrument or oh, they don't want to go to soccer practice again. They start complaining about things or start acting in different ways and you just, come on, want them to be happy and enjoy this gift of getting to play soccer or whatever. Or maybe it's that, that time at church that initially was there to help you to grow in your relationship with God, all of a sudden or slowly becomes an obligation, something that's draining and not fulfilling. 
And honestly, the church, the capital C church, universal church throughout history has been guilty of this, of setting this intention of we want to build the kingdom of God on earth. We want people to know the hope and love of Jesus. We want them to know of the Holy Spirit who is there with them always. But we lose our focus and terrible things have happened. Like, I don't know, the Crusades, the Spanish Inquisition. I think of the indigenous assimilation schools where they yanked kids from their homes and put them into religious schools all in the name of God, but and people along the way cried out, this is not okay, but they ignored the signs sometimes. The signs are there, but we don't see them until something grabs our attention. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth And it said to Balaam, what have I done to you that you have beaten me these three times? Okay, and this is a little bit of an aside, but I would be remiss if I did not use this opportunity. As a pastor, it is my responsibility to share with you um, a reminder of everybody's favorite talking donkey, um, donkey from Shrek, because please tell me that this was not what you were thinking of when you hear donkey, the Lord opens the donkey's mouth. So here is your permission to, like me, use Eddie Murphy as the voice of this donkey, because nobody says, nobody was there that can tell us it wasn't. So I, you know, here's your freedom to do that. And Balaam said to the donkey, Because you've tormented me. If I had a sword in my hand, I'd kill you now. And the donkey said to Balaam, am I not your donkey on whom you've ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? And Balaam said, no. Which is a little reminiscent of like Shrek and donkey. The donkey is so loyal to Shrek and Shrek gets mad at donkey all the time. So I just have, you know. Shrek is very biblical. (laughs) Then the Lord uncovered Balaam's eyes, and Balaam saw the Lord's messenger standing in the road with his sword in his hand. Then he bowed low and worshiped. So finally, God has just, you know what? Let's just have the donkey speak, because Balaam is not picking up on these warning signs. God has to use this weird way to communicate with Balaam, to redirect Balaam's focus. God has to speak through a donkey and to literally open Balaam's eyes. It said that God opened Balaam's eyes to get him to see what was right in front of him. Now maybe Balaam was focused on what he was gonna say when he got to, to speak with Balak, or maybe he was focused on the journey itself and taking the right roads. Whatever it was, his, his original intent was, it was okay, it was good, but 
he forgot to pay attention to what was right in front of him. God grabs our focus to help us to see what is right in front of us. And when we finally see what is right in front of us, it all becomes clear. When Balaam finally saw what was right in front of him, he bowed down in worship and realized his mistake. In verse 32, it says, The Lord's messenger said to him, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I've come out here as an adversary because you took the road recklessly in front of me. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If it hadn't turned away from me, I would have just killed you and let it live. Balaam said to the Lord's messenger, I've sinned because I didn't know that you were standing there against me in the road. Now if you think it's wrong, I'll go back. And the Lord's messenger said to Balaam, go with the men, but don't say anything. Say only that which I tell you. So Balaam went with Balak's officials. So finally, we find out why God was mad and frustrated at at Balaam. It's because he was taking the road recklessly. Other translations say perversely, rash. Now, Balaam didn't set out to take the road recklessly. He had a good intention. And I think that word reckless kind of implies that it wasn't on purpose. I think that happens to us sometimes that we accidentally start taking the road, start treating our our relationships, start uh, living our life somewhat rashly, recklessly. But how many misbehaving donkeys are we going to ignore? We need God to open our eyes and we need to listen to the donkeys, the trusted voices in our lives. And that takes humility. Balaam fell to the ground and worshiped and admitted, oh my gosh, I did not see this. He admitted his mistake. To open our eyes, we need to seek after God always, to ask God to be the lens through which we live our lives. To wake up and say, God, help me to open my eyes to see what is right in front of me. Don't let me be blind to what I am missing. We need to say, help me to listen to the donkeys in my life, the trusted voices that have been with me all along, that have never, ever betrayed me, that have guided me and helped me along the way. Maybe your family or friends, somebody from your life group, some, a mentor of some kind. We need to listen to those trusted voices to help us to see 
and pay attention to what is right in front of us. So there's an intersection in Dallas, a busy intersection that uh, I pass almost every day. And there's something of note, two things of note about this intersection. That on one corner, there is a small church. And on all the other corners, there are many, many people who are struggling with homelessness. And I think something I notice about this church is that I don't see a lot of people going in and out. They seem to be struggling with attendance. And, you know, I don't know the efforts of this church. I only drive past it. But I wonder if they see what is right in front of them. I wonder if their eyes are opened to what is right in front of them. If their focus is to build the kingdom of God on earth and to provide the tangible hope of Jesus Christ, I hope that they have not been blind to what was right in front of them. I hope they have heard the cries of the people outside in need of help and hope. We need to listen to these trusted voices and we need God to open our eyes to see what is right in front of us. Will you pray with me? Holy and loving God, we thank you for the grace you have for us in redirecting our focus when we have lost our way. For the grace you have for us that with our best intentions, God, sometimes we lose sight of what you want us to see. God, in your mercy, would you help us to hear and listen to the voices, these trusted voices that guide us and remind us and show us what we might be missing. Would you open our eyes to see what is in front of us? God, give us the courage and the humility to see what you want us to see. We love you, God, and it is in your mighty name that we pray. Amen.